0: Welcome to the Third City Christian Church podcast. This week's message is To the Core, Part 3, Caring Relationships, recorded Sunday, November 7th, 2021. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at org. Now here's Josh with today's message. We're gonna to begin today uh, reading out of Psalms 139, a Psalm of David, and these Psalms tend to be lyrics or prayers that were meant to be set to music. And so I want you to keep that in mind as I read this. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, oh Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am with you still." the words of a man named David. Uh, I can connect with him on a certain level being a youngest sibling, David was the youngest. Uh, So if you grew up in a household where there was a youngest sibling, uh, all of the chores that needed to be done, someone take out the trash, someone clear the table, someone let the dog out, someone, 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 that was my name. And I think about that being David. Because someone needed to take care of the sheep, someone needed to go take a message to the brothers. Someone needed to do this. Someone, and someone was continually David. And I think about the the nights out caring for sheep, maybe cold when everybody else was back at the house, and he was the one laying across the gate, the gate protecting the herd. Uh, I think about David when he was anointed king, and uh, he chose to to hide his moral failures. He chose to um, actually sin and try to cover them up in a really filthy moral way, uh, the secrecy, the isolation, the loneliness that he probably experienced over the course of his life, when I hear the psalm of David, it was probably a breath of life going, my God knows me. I am known. I am seen. I am valued. I, I'm loved. And you could hear those words in him, and like I I hear that, and that resonates with me. Like I can think back to being in middle school, early high school, and as embarrassing as this may be, I think of nights where I lied uh, awake in bed, weeping because I didn't feel like I had any relationships, I didn't have any friends, and like just longing for someone to know me. And I think of the, uh, the, the things that I did in middle school to get attention. Uh, you know, if any of you are like teachers in middle school or you'd hang out with that age group at all and you go, why are they doing that? Like I can think of the things that I did simply because it would cause someone to look at me. And like I think about that. Like the wounds, we're created to be in community. We're created to live. Like we're here today today like championing the cause of community. We are together. And this value of caring relationships is front and center for us. Uh, We value it. We we invest in it. We think it's important. The things that we do here at the church can be centered around that because it's one of our core values. And it's one of our core values because when Jesus set the gospel in the hands of his followers and said, Take this. To the ends of the earth, carrying relationships were there at the beginning. If we look at Acts chapter 2, we see this. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that type of caring relationship and community? And we see uh, years later this type of community being further encouraged and championed and uh, lived out in a church in Rome where Paul wrote this letter to the church to remind them how they should live. And it's a reminder for us to go, this is how we should live in community. It says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another. but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And listen to this last one. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. What a concept. So when we say that Caring relationships are a part of our core values. We really mean it. We strive for it. Like I said, we we plan for it, we try to program for it. Uh, And so what I have for you today, I hope, is gonna be a method for evaluating where your relationships currently are with the hope of being able to help you step forward in healthy, God-fearing relationships. So before we do that, we're going to take a little survey of us as we sit in this room today to see where you are at, where you feel like you are at with your relationships. So if you have your phones, bust those things out. Uh, We got some QR codes. If QR codes, you're like, what are those? Uh, Don't panic, Uh, you can do one of two things. You can open your camera, just point it at the screen And tap it, and you'll get to participate in a survey that is not scientific. It is not something we're going to post on social media. I just want you guys to get a feel for what is going on in this room and online today. So go ahead and click that, and we're going to let our answers populate as we speak. Look at this. How are you feeling? The relationship-o-meter. That was a well-vetted name that I gave this. Uh, Do you have the right amount? Do you feel incredibly alone? Uh, Could you use a few more? Do you have too many friends? How are you feeling about this? Man, look at where we are setting. About divided right down the middle. I want you to take note of what this might mean as votes may still be coming in. It means at least half of you. Are feeling like there's something missing, relationally speaking, when it comes to carrying relationships in your life. Maybe it's um, maybe you're feeling incredibly alone. Maybe you recognize the quality of those relationships could be different, or you could use one or two more because your heart is longing for something that you don't have. So enter in this fun little graph that uh, the chart that I want to show you up on this screen. This chart is not the gospel. Uh, This chart has not been vetted by psychologists. Uh, This is simply a tool that I have used for a number of years, uh, both for myself and as I walk through with students where they're at when they feel like something in their life has got to change. Usually that involves looking at their relationships, and I've used this to evaluate the quality of my own relationships to make sure that I'm walking forward in a healthy manner. You're going to see a set of concentric rings, uh, with a profile picture in the middle. We're going to pretend that that is you. Uh, if you, if you want to mentally draw mustaches on that, great. Have fun with that. Uh, but we're going to talk about how, over the course of your life, you move people from the outer realms of these concentric circles to, your, to those inner circles. And you do that as you give people access to your life. And the closer that people come to you, Those are the people that when it comes to big life decisions, you're probably going to be calling them, texting them, having a conversation, going, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, I'm really struggling with this. Trouble in marriage, you're going to go to those people. Um, And so I want to talk to you about those people first. Those people that you find in that innermost circle, that level one, uh, because I believe that there's six boxes that they should check in your life, and they're boxes that should be checked consistently and easily if you're going to be living a, a healthy life, existed in caring relationships. The first three boxes that they should check before they get to enter into that inner circle is those people should love God, they should love the church, and they should love you. And they should do that in that order. And this is why. We can obviously go, yes, it should be very important that the people nearest to us love God. Yes, it should be very important that they love church and that they love me. But why in that order? Have you ever been nervous to talk to someone about something that they have going on in their life because you're worried that you're going to lose the relationship? Man, if I bring this up, what are they going to say? If I bring this up again, I know they're just going to quit talking to me. I've put a really high value on having some people closest to me that are willing to expose my blind spots so that I don't run around like the emperor with no clothes on, right? Because that's what would happen if we don't have people that, that love God more than they love me because if they want to approach me and go, hey, Josh, I've got to let you know that there's moments when, when I'm talking, it doesn't feel like you are listening, man, man. Scripture says wounds from a friend are like salve, and I need to hear that at times from people that love God, love the church, and love me, because I need to hear those things. The next three boxes that need to be checked are these people also need to be present uh, spiritually, they need to be present emotionally, and they need to be present physically, Uh, What that means to be present with me spiritually is I need people next to me in this innermost circle that are moving towards Jesus the same way that I am, the same way in the same manner. Uh, They may not, maybe they're running faster than me. That's okay. It's almost like if you're you're training for a half marathon with someone and it comes race day and you know that they're pacing out at like six and a half minutes and you're like, dude, I know I'm going to walk half those miles. You know, but you're all on the same race. You know what I mean? Like we're all going for the same prize in the same direction with the same motivation in the same manner along the same path. They need to be in step with you spiritually. The second one, emotionally. And what does that mean to be present emotionally? I like to explain it this way. If you're going to be present with me emotionally, you got to be able to handle the full brunt of the emotions of Josh Sykes. And this is what I mean. You've got to be able to handle my laughter, my sense of humor. You need to handle my tears. You need to be able to handle my anger. And you might have to be able to handle all three within five minutes. That's what it means to be able to handle me emotionally. Can you be present with me? Because I know some people may just not, they just may not have the capacity. Have you ever been in one of those situations where uh, you're broken and you're crying and you're sitting across from someone and it's like they're not feeling any emotion at all? That's hard. I need someone that can handle the full brunt of what it means to be present with me emotionally. And then the physical piece. This is something, Third City, that we've really learned over the course of the last 18 months is how the heart longs for physical contact. I have some dear friends that uh, have moved over the course of my time being in ministry here that were, that were in that inner circle, and it wasn't their fault, and it wasn't my fault that they physically moved. Because when I have big life decisions I need to sit across from someone. I need to see you eye to eye. I need to look you in the eye, and if, and if I'm feeling broken, I need to be able to drive across town and hug someone, and to feel like them pat me on the back and go, hey, uh, yes, you're emotional and you're overreacting. It'll be okay. And they just know that I need a hug in that moment. And, and like having someone that can handle all of that, it can't happen for me digitally. And, like, I know that there's a time and place, and, like, many of our, our church attenders, like, uh, man, physically, like, because of what's going on in their world, can't be here. But there's some people that, that can, and maybe they should because they're missing out on the best of being physically present with the body of Christ, engaging in personal relationships within a small group Traveling through the the challenges of Rooted together and and going through a serve experience and a prayer experience and the celebration and doing that together, they're missing out on the physical piece. Our online service has become a phenomenal uh, front door for people. We're hearing more and more that the first experience that people have is online. And I'm okay with that, but don't miss out on the best of the church, the best of the family of God, of being present. And i thought about that. So they've got to be present spiritually, emotionally, physically, to be in that inner ring. So third city, I want you to evaluate yourself. Who do you have that's present, that checks all six of those boxes in your life? Many of you are going to be sitting here right now, and I want you to be honest with this next poll. So don't be looking over the shoulder of the person next to you. Uh, don't be looking over the next row. Take a minute to be honest with yourself. Who do you have that is present in that first ring? Same QR code, you can open it up. So, if you can tell, here's the important piece of this graph: is that you're not the only one. You know, so many times the enemy likes to trick us into feeling like we're isolated, we're the only one, we're the only ones that feel that way. You're not alone. God wants you to pull people in into this inner circle. And we can do that. Maybe it's going to be you signing up for Rooted. Maybe it's going to be you signing up for a small group, LBS. Uh, Man, if you're a young adult coming to Revive, stepping out of the shadows and into community. Maybe it's going to Third City and you for the first time, just going, hey, I'm here. I need help getting connected. Help me. We would love to do that for you. So moving out to the second ring the second ring, you're going to check all those qualifiers. They love God, they love the church, and they love you. But for some reason, they can't check one of these three boxes. I've been around people that, that just can't be on the same spiritual race as me. They don't want to be on the same spiritual race as me. They're, and, and like, God bless them, and they would say, God bless me. But like, we're just, we're just not headed in the exact same direction. Or maybe it's someone that, uh, like I said, moved. And, and can't be present for me uh, physically, or maybe it's someone that can't be present emotionally. May, there are, you've been around people that just struggle to be present emotionally, and you've got to have people that can check all three of those boxes, but we're, you shouldn't judge. The people that don't, because here's what might happen. Like when I walk through uh, Third City on a Sunday morning, you guys, I literally picture any human, and I might be wrong in doing this, any human that walks into this building on a Sunday morning is automatically at least ring two for me. Like I'm like, I, I think they're at least thinking about loving God. They're here, they might love the church, and because they're here, I'm going to assume that they love me. And I might, like, I probably am wrong. There probably are people that come to church here that may not check all three of those boxes. You might be brand new to Third City, and you're like, this guy is weird. I, I don't know much about God. I don't know anything about the church. And you're asking all these personal questions. I'm like two seconds away from leaving, so I definitely don't love you. You know, so there might be some of those people in this room, and I get it. Uh, but there's quite a few people in that second, in that second circle. Like possibly even so many that you couldn't even think of all of them. And then the third ring is like the rest of the world. And like we may or may not know if they love God, love the church, or love me. Um, But it's possibly because we haven't had a conversation. This is where love unlimited comes in, right? If we're called to be love unlimited to the entire world around us, we can follow Jesus' example He loved the people that crucified him. He loved the people that lied about him. He loved the outcasts of society. He was love unlimited to everyone. But he had a group of about 12 that were a little bit closer. And when it came to the most intimate moments of his life, he even had three that he took with him to go, hey, would you guys come with me? I feel like I'm going to need you in this moment. And I think that's a pretty good model for us to to follow as believers. And so here's what happens. We have a couple pitfalls that we might might fall into. Not the uh, Atari version. If you guys played on your 2600, uh, just aged myself and everyone else is like, what in the world are you talking about? But there are pitfalls that we can fall in when it comes to our relationships. I'm just going to talk about two. The first one is this. We make the mistake of pulling people from circle three, or maybe even circle two, and we bring them in tight to be right next to us with life's biggest decisions simply because we've known them the longest. Or simply because they should be the ones to give us great advice. We pull people in and we make the mistake of going, they they love me more than anyone, so any advice that they're going to give is going to be fantastic. And this is where I see this mistake played out, is the, the person that's making a decision on a career and the person that they bring close loves them and they, they see all of the benefits. They go, yeah, you're going to get more vacation time. You're going to get better pay. You're going to get more freedom. But they didn't go, that, that city you're moving to, there's no, it's so small, there's no place for you to grow spiritually. Have you thought about that? Or have you thought about the amount of time on a weekly basis that you're going to have to commute? And what that will do to take you away from uh, your friends, or what that's going to do to take you away from a significant other, or what that's going to do to take you away from time with children. Because they didn't take time to pour that through that filter of loving God, loving church, loving you, being present spiritually, emotionally, physically. And so we're pulling the wrong people in. Or maybe you're on the other end of that spectrum and you pushed the right people out. Maybe someone took a risk because they loved you and they sat you down and they looked you in the eye and said, hey, Josh, I know you're very excited about this, but I think if you move in this direction and make this decision, I think you're going to regret what it's going to do to your relationships. If everything else looks great, you're right, but I think you're really going to just, and because I didn't want to hear that, maybe you made the choice or I made the choice to just go, guess what? You just exited yourself. And so we've pushed the right people out or we've pulled the wrong people in. And that's for you to decide and for you to evaluate, for you to be honest with who you have close. Close. And here's the other pitfall, and this is one that I think vast majority of people, I think King David sat in this mistake, this pitfall. I know that I have sat in this mistake, in this pitfall. And it's the mistake of of forgetting that even when I feel alone, even when there is not a physical person there, that God is with me. And that God does know me and that God does not make a mistake. He has not made a mistake, will not make a mistake in, in creating me and he knows me. And so therefore, I have never been alone. Third city, is I look at Psalm 139, as I read that, as we opened that service, some of those words may be hard for you to hear. It may be hard for you to acknowledge God's presence in your life. You, you may go, no, there, there's, there's no way that he believes all of that about me. But I want to tell you this. At the beginning of time, at the creation of the world, God knew you completely saw your whole life completely, understood every mistake that you ever made, ever will make, and he still chose to create you. And we believe that God doesn't make mistakes. And so all the words of Psalm 139 are true, and so the pitfall that we fall in is if we don't feel completely known by God, if we don't know that we're loved completely, completely, totally forgiven, and intimately known, our ability to enter into relationships with anyone is diminished. And it begins with how we view us and God. So we're going to enter into this time of communion. What communion is, it's us acknowledging the most vital relationship our relationship with our Savior, our relationship with Jesus Christ, our need for Him to die on a cross on our behalf. And as we're going to take communion, Psalm 139 is going to be our prayer. And so I'm going to read it again. And I'm guessing there's going to be a a phrase or a word that will jump out to you And I just want you to grab on to that phrase or that word. As you take communion, as you sit in silence, as you worship to finish the service, just hang on to that phrase. Psalm 139 for the director of music of David, a Psalm. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So Third City, if there's not a what now, uh, then it's almost like there's a waste of a day. So what will you take going forward regarding your caring relationship? Some of you need to take Psalm 139. And maybe you need to read it every day when you wake up, every day when you go to sleep for the next month. I feel like uh, there's a ton of scripture that could handle that level of attention. Psalm 139 is one of those because you need to hear what God has to say about you so that you can be in a healthy place for others. Maybe you need to evaluate who's in your inner circle. Maybe you need to do this with the right people. Or maybe you need to find a loving way to do this with the wrong people. Or maybe you have the right people there and you need to set them down, look them in the eye and say, praise God. I praise God every day that you are a part of my life. Because caring relationships are what we should be about as the church of God. If we are gonna be love unlimited to a world that is starving for genuine love and genuine relationships, let's be the ones to truly take caring relationships to this world, amen. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15 or eleven thirty a.m. in Grand Island and at ten fifteen a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.